Hello friends, thanks for joining us again as we continue through the book of Romans. This is uh, a outline that I've entitled, God's Righteousness Through Faith, and covers Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through verse 31. That's verse 21 through the, the rest of the chapter, uh, Romans chapter 3. Uh, went in to work yesterday, and from the very beginning... Uh, it was a busy, busy shift. Seemed like it would uh, never end. A, a long shift. There was a larger than usual amount of administrative details that demanded my attention. Of course, uh, as we approached the vacation months, scheduling and meeting training needs and requirements for everyone within our battalion becomes an even greater challenge. On top of this, it seemed that all day long we were being dispatched to calls that seemed like they were the very end of the world, but after each response we found that the calls had been greatly exaggerated, uh, either by the caller uh, that dialed 911 or by dispatch. Through the night, the battalion continued to answer calls until we had logged 45 calls for the shift. Now, I don't know if that's a shift record or a department record. Oh, uh, but it was it was a record for me. I knew that, and it seemed like the shift was never going to end. However, at five o'clock in the morning, the forty sixth call of the shift came in. It was a residential structure fire with entrapment, and this time the call was not exaggerated. The duplex was showing fire through the roof and an elderly female was trapped in her bedroom. Dispatch knew this because they were on the phone with her. Unlike the rest of the shift, everything went perfectly. Quint 14 went in unprotected by a handline in hopes of making a quick rescue. Ladder 1 arrived and advanced the handline to protect Quint 14's crew. Squad 1 stopped at the hydrant and brought the supply line in order to keep water flowing before Quint 14's tank would be emptied. The other trucks began to arrive and uh, as is the uh, idea, uh, once the rescue was made, somebody took over with EMS. Uh, another crew began to pull walls and ceilings. Ventilation was tended to. Everybody just jumped in exactly when and where they needed to be. Uh, and we, we enjoyed great success on that final call of the evening. And the shift, of course, did end and ended with a, a, a great success and some celebration because things had gone so well. Well, I, I say all that to tell you this. It, that shift describes how I feel going into the second part of Romans. Uh, the second part of Romans chapter 3, I should say. We have trudged through the first part of Romans chapter uh, 3 and, and 1 and 2 and dealt with sin and guilt. Finally, we can now rejoice in the justification and forgiveness that is brought by our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul begins verse 21 with, but now. And to what is Paul referring? That, that but now. Well, he, he's saying but now or since Calvary, Salvation has come, the greatest rescue of all and for all. And we, could, we can and should rejoice with Paul uh, on his, uh, as he tells us that, that but now. It, you know, if it weren't for the but now, we would have nothing 
but the guilt and penalty of our sin. For all have sinned and fallen short. It's what we're going to read here in just a moment. And so uh, there's three points to the outline. Uh, point number one uh, is that Paul's argument for justification. Point number two, God's righteousness is revealed both by the law and apart from the law. And point number three, the propitiation brings the Gentile back into the acceptance of God. Uh, Well, and then we'll have a a concluding point at the end, uh, a quick point that we'll tack on, and we'll just name that one, boasting is excluded. So that's the outline in brief. However, uh, studying the, the passage, I feel like we may be better served by just going by a verse-by-verse, true exegetical style. But we'll jump in the middle of it and see how the Lord leads and, and how it goes. Let me begin first by reading the passages, uh, verses 21 through 31. I think that's so important. I hope that as we do the study that you find time to read along and that you search out the scriptures. Don't just listen to this guy. Uh, I, I do my best to stay in context, to, to only teach truth. Folks, I'm human. I am going to mess up. That's my only guarantee for you. And I encourage you, I implore you uh, to study the scriptures for yourself and not only just to find mistakes and, 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 and make sure that we're dealing with truth, that's important, but also to, to meditate upon the word, to spend time. It's about relationship. It's not about religion. So get in the word of God. And do that earnestly and diligently. I encourage you to do that. Well, let's begin Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Lord in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Or he, the God of the Jews, or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then make the law through faith? I'm sorry, do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. So Paul begins the passage by his argument for justification. That's point number one. Now, the theological term for salvation is justification by faith. Justification is an act of God whereby he declares 
the believing sinner righteous in Christ on the basis of the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's from Warren Wiersbe. The Greek word that's used is, uh, and don't, don't rely upon my pronunciation of these words, the dikaio. Uh, you'll find that in the Strong's under the Greek 1344. That's the reference number. Now, it means the, the actual Greek word to render righteous such as he ought to be, to show, uh, exhibit, events, one to be righteous, such as he is and wishes himself to be considered, or to declare, pronounce, one to be just, righteous, or such as he ought to be. So it's this word that's all-encompassing. In other words, once the Lord Jesus Christ puts his stamp of approval upon you, God the Father also looks uh, at this stamp of approval, if, we'll, if you'll allow that term. Regardless of the sin, uh, it's paid for in full on Calvary, justified. We used to use the term, the old, when I was a child, uh, I heard a lot, justified means just as if I'd never sinned. And I, and I get the sense in which that was used, but folks, I don't think that goes far enough because it almost seems like the sin did not matter, and it did. It cost the Lord Jesus Christ everything. He had to pay that penalty on the cross. It cost God the Father, his son. It, it cost the, the angels to be restrained as Jesus hung and suffered on the cross. It, it, it cost the Holy Spirit the allowance of those things, uh, and then the resurrection on that glorious day. So it's not just as if I've never sinned, but it's justification in spite of my sin. That stamp on top of my sin, that thing that I had to have, that every man and woman, boy and girl must have if they wish to be in heaven one day. If they want to be forgiven, they must be justified. It's absolutely imperative. And he begins this justification by pointing out uh, that it's, it's apart from the law. Uh, point number two, God's righteousness is revealed both by the law and apart from the law. We read that in the opening verses. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law of the prophets. So uh, he begins with the but now, as we, we said, stated in our introduction, and you kind of, I kind of flipped this verse to make it make more sense to me because the latter part of the part of the verse, part B, I guess would say, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What does he mean by that? Well, he's referring to the Levitical law. He's referring to the Old Testament. He's referring to the process uh, by which others obtain forgiveness, even though it was through faith. The, the Levitical law stated this, these ordinances and this process of sacrifices that had to be offered in faith to show one's belief in God, that he would justify, that he would forgive, that, that as they followed before the cross, as they followed the ordinances of the sacrifice, this law, why? Because the law named their sin. The law revealed their sin their shortcoming. It wasn't just about a religion. It wasn't just about being in a club. It wasn't just about being the nation of Israel, though it was that. It, it, was, it was more than that because God in his holiness required penalty for sin. 
and those Old Testament sacrifices that the prophets and the law uh, exposed and revealed, demonstrated, that's what he's talking about, being witnessed by all those things. But now, the first part of the verse, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law. And we might say uh, moving beyond the law. When? At Calvary. When the Lord Jesus Christ paid that price. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference. Man, Paul, he hits this again and again throughout the book of Romans and with good cause. As you read the New Testament, you understand this was a point of contention. Uh, the apostles even got into arguments over this and, uh, and, and Paul even had to withstand Peter at one point because of Peter trying under, under what I would guess peer pressure to be uh, slipping back to these old ways and wanting to, to emphasize circumcision and other things that, that did not apply. No, folks, it's justification by faith, through faith, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So point number two, God's righteousness is revealed both by the law and apart from the law. That's verses 21 and 23. Now point number three, the propitiation brings the Gentile back into the acceptance by God along with the Jew. Now, I assume I don't have to say this, but just in case somebody's listening uh, and, and doesn't fully understand that, a, a Gentile is anyone who is not of the Jewish nation. Uh, we might even say of the Jewish faith because the Gentile could, in the Old, the Old Testament, there was a process by which they could become uh, Jewish. They would, they would follow a ritual and a ceremony. Paul is saying here, this perpetuation brings the Gentile back into the acceptance of God. See, in the, in the Old Testament uh, covenant, it was the Jewish nation. Once it was established, starting with Abraham, once it was established, they were in agreement with God. They were in covenant with God. No one else. As I said, there was a path. Gentiles could follow, and they could, they could, they could find favor with, with, favor with God. Many did. Rahab is an excellent example. Rahab the harlot, who actually we find in the lineage of Christ, uh, became in favor with God and a part of that covenant. But now that has changed, and this propitiation, this covering brings Gentiles all, all, there is no difference, he says, in agreement with God through how the cross of Christ. So propitiation means a covering. This word would have put the Jew in mind of the Ark of the Covenant in which the Spirit of God resided in the Old Testament. Um, what the ark uh, what did now let's think for just a moment what did the ark of the covenant contain what was inside of it number one Aaron's rod uh, which represented God's priesthood uh, number two the tablets of which represented God's law this is the, the ten commandment tablets and then lastly manna there was a bowl of manna which represented God's provision and we see all this symbolism that points again directly to the cross. The cross which uh, the Lord Jesus Christ uh, hung on. God's priest. The high priest. The only high priest. The last high priest. The tablets or, or the law. Which Jesus put an end to the, the penalty of the law. How? Through grace. Justification on the cross. And then of course provision. Provision. 
Jesus brought provision by the cross to all who would have received, the Jew and the Gentile. So Calvary, in that sense, uh, makes the Ark of the Covenant no longer relevant. Is it important? Absolutely. Do we study it? Absolutely. Do, do we wonder and mystify and honor it? Absolutely. But do we need it now in this present age? Absolutely not. Why? Because we have the cross of Calvary. Forgiveness through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 24 again, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. For whom? Back up. Verse 23, part of the Romans road. Do you catch that? I told you in the earlier lesson, look out for these Roman road verses because it puts them in context. And here we have it. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul's laying it on the line here. Everybody, Jew, Gentile, none are excluded. Every man, woman, boy, and girl have sinned, fallen short of God's glory. I don't think there's, there's too many people on the face of this earth that would argue with that from simple logic, understanding that they are not as glorious as God, that they have fallen short. They have done things wrong. Even if they don't understand the Bible per se, if they don't understand the law of God, many, and I've talked to many, and, I, and I've brought this up in witnessing, uh, do you know, it, it, sometimes they might struggle with the concept of that word sin. Do you know that you are a sinner? Well, maybe I've well, approach it this way. Do you know you're not perfect? Have you done things wrong? Have you ever done anything you're ashamed of? See, now it starts to get personal. We begin to reflect back on things that we wish we had done differently. Conversations we'd had, um, a small, maybe small things that we wish we had handled different. Anger, fights, arguments, all these things. Envy, strife, covetousness. You don't necessarily need the words or the definitions to know that we've done things wrong. For all have sinned and come short. So we've, we've, maybe we, we look pretty good compared to those who are around us. We can look at our neighbors and say, well, I'm, I'm just as good as uh, John Doe living next door, or maybe I'm a little better than those that live next door down the street. Maybe I look at the world landscape with all that goes on with the wars, rumors of war, uh, murders, fight, and, and I think, well, I fare up pretty good. I look pretty good comparatively. But folks, that's not the standard. What did it say? Falling short, not of our neighbor, not of the, the, the common man, but yet the glory of God, that's heaven's standard. Do you want to be in heaven? Do you want to live forever and ever in heaven? Folks, the standard is to be as glorious as God. And there's only one way. Uh, he is the way, the truth, and life. There's only one way, and that's through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, Paul outright states that, verse 25 and 26. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, there's our word, as a covering. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, there's another word that's used for this uh, in the Hebrew. And in the English, it got translated into the word pitch. 
you remember that word in the Old Testament? That was the story of Noah's ark. And how did Noah seal the ark with pitch inside and out, a complete covering? See, and then this this word uh, propitiation comes in the New Testament. That's the English word in the New Testament. But it's the same idea of a covering. The propitiation in the New Testament is by the blood. The, the covering on the, uh, the altar and the Ark of the Covenant in the, in the Holy of Holies was a covering by blood, a propitiation, if you will. And so this is what Paul's teaching. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, a covering by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness. Uh, what does the blood do? It demonstrates his righteousness. The only way we have to the glory of God is through his righteousness. I cannot be righteous. I don't have it in me. You don't either, friend. If you want the glory of God, if you want righteousness applied, if you want that covering, that protection from God's wrath because of your sin, you must be justified. How are you justified? Through the propitiation, the covering of your sin. See, that's how it works. Clearly laid out by Paul. Why is he so careful to do this, by the way? Well, he's just, he just spent two and a half chapters explaining how desolate we are in our condition, how unjustified we are, how sinful we are, and in what need we are through our sin. So he says to demonstrate, verse 26, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and, just, and the justifier the one who has faith in Jesus. So, so he's just, he's, he's, he's right in doing this. That's what it says. God, you, you, you know, why did God do things the way he did? I don't know, friend, other than he's right. And he knows this is what had to happen. You say, well, he's in charge. He can do it any way he wants to. Maybe. I don't have the mind of God. Is he in charge? Absolutely. But uh, apparently... God's standard required this sacrifice. Folks, we don't even fully understand sin. We don't, we, aren't, we don't even fully understand unrighteousness. God does. And he said, this is what it takes. This is the propitiation. It, I promise you, folks, if there was any other way, would God have allowed his own dear son to hang on that cross? I don't think so. And the scripture bears that out. The book of Hebrews uh, explains that for us. Well, let's finish up. Our last little point, number four, boasting is excluded. And, and I think it, this is almost rhetorical. <laughs> After reading all this, we understand. To be justified, we need Christ. We need the covering. We need the propitiation. Why? Because the first two and a half chapters explain thoroughly in what need we are. But Paul goes on and he gives this to us. And, and, I, and I feel certain that he did this because his Jewish friends, especially in the time that he's writing, struggled with this so much. They felt that their Jewish heritage was going to carry them through. And Paul says, where is boasting then? Verse 27. It is excluded by what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. See, many relied upon their heritage of being Jewish, uh, their holding of, of office as a Pharisee or a Sadducee, 
their works in keeping the Torah and the sacrificial system. And Paul says, no, it's not about these works, but it's about faith. And, and they were looking for what through those works? The Messiah. See, that's the difference. Those Old Testament Jews, in large part, rejected Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And, and Paul gets in prison for this in the book of Acts several times because he proves that Jesus is the Messiah. He said it's not about these works, it's about faith, see. And then he goes on in verse 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And it, finally he says, verse 31, Do we then make void the law through faith? Well, certainly not. In other words, the law is still important. Why? Because it shows us our guilt. He ends this with this. Uh, on the contrary, we establish the law. How do we establish the law? Well, the justification is needed. Why? Because the law says we are condemned. We are unjustified. We are sinful. We are hopeless without Christ. So, we make the law true. Because what's the law's job? What does the law do? It shows us our sin. See, that, that's, that's God's perfect plan. That's what was put into place. He created a perfect world and sin entered in. Man ruined it. He brought sin and corruption into this, this world. And, and that's, where, that's why we are where we are today. And so God introduces his law. He, he introduces uh, sacrifice, even before the Levitical law, way back in Genesis. After chapter, in chapter 3, he, we, we see the coats of skin. that they Where did the coats of skin come from? An animal had to be killed. Up to that point, there was no death. There was no sickness. It was utopia, if, if you like that word. God's perfect creation is a better way to describe it. And yet sin entered in and brought corruption. And with the corruption, a need. The law explains and points out the need. And the need is propitiation, which brings justification. And this is what chapter 3, the second part of chapter 3 is all about. When the folks, uh, next time we pick up in chapter 4, we're going to talk about Abraham being justified by faith, uh, the promise being granted by faith, it, it, the, the, the justification even before the circumcision. So all, all these things, even in the Old Testament, it all is about faith. It, even through the, the sacrifices and all that had to be kept and monitored, yet it's about faith. It always has been. It always will be. Well, folks, our time's about up. I want to thank you for joining us. Hey, tell somebody about this podcast if you're enjoying it. Uh, tell somebody else to, to dial us up and, and give a listen. We're very excited to be offering it, and uh, we're, we're hopeful to continue with it. We hope it to be a great success. This is the first series that we've uh, put on the podcast. In days past, we put things on Facebook Live and just weren't really satisfied with uh, the, the, the way you had to get to it and the sound and, and things just didn't, uh, we didn't set it up correctly possibly, but for whatever reason, 
We're excited to offer the podcast, and we're looking for God to do great things. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Join us again next time for, again, Abraham Justified by Faith in Romans chapter 4. God bless.